What's up, everybody? Welcome to Long Time Ago Radio, a conversational podcast about Star Wars. I'm your host, Josh Mobley, and I'm joined this week by my two favorite fans in the galaxy, Alex Vargas and Rebecca June Lane. How's everybody doing? Doing well. Doing good. I forgot to mention that the website is uh, fixed, quote-unquote. Yay! (laughs) Um, Yeah. By the time this episode goes up, I'm hoping that everything's fixed. I, I'm, if not Sunday, I'm literally gonna sit there all day until it's fixed because I just have to. Like this has been too long. But everybody, uh, if you're listening to this, we're now live at uh, StarWarsPodcast.com. Woohoo! Yeah, we abandoned the old, th- the old name, which ugh, was a long, a long arduous process. But it's over, uh, for the most part, and. <laughs> We're at least, you know, we're through the hard part. We're through the hard part. Now we're at the tedious part where I have to re-upload everything. But uh, the website's going to be better. It's going to have a bunch of cool stuff. We're planning a bunch of, like, articles and reposting YouTube videos that are super interesting and, like, Star Wars documentaries and in our fun stuff section and all kinds of things. So it should be pretty cool. So, you know, go ahead and keep an eye on that website. Hooray. It also links to our merch. Because, yeah, we have merch, and we never mention that. We don't. We're bad. <laughs> yeah. We have three shirts. I want to get some more shirts designed. Like, I definitely want to make the, what are they, the Bantha Nuggets or whatever? Bantha Nuggets, yeah. Yeah, that was a thing we wanted to make and some other stuff. We'll, well get like around a, to it. A general creature of the week with some uh, cool creatures on it would be cool, though I'm not sure we can legally put different Star Wars creatures on there. But Oh, my God. You know what would be amazing is a, a, I'm kind of practically giving this away, but whatever. Uh, like a sign, like the Bob, you know, the Bob's Burgers, like burger of the day called the yes. creature of the week. And then in like marker, you write, like we'll write one. Well, like that, that. Just, that just remind me that we're coming up. I mean, it's almost February, which means it's almost March, which means we should do our March Madness creature of the week, like we ultimate should. We should. bracket showdown episode. So let's, bracket let's... showdown. So, so you're going to make me go listen to every episode we've ever done. <laughs> oh, we can, we can choose just in general Star Wars creatures mm. and just see what the, I don't know. Uh, the people I think like. it should be a yearly of the ones we've said let's rank mm. them I, I, I could I can be in charge of this I'm the sport I'm a sports fan I, c- I can make this happen you think we'll, we we'll play the just randomly in the background I love it love it um wow okay yeah I mean we'll figure it out I do need to and maybe I'll start with this episode I do need to start start putting the actual creature of the week like in the show notes um with the art and everything because yes, yes. i think that would be cool um anyway what's everyone been up to in their star wars lives these days my star wars life let's see anything new you know i'm playing so much of this puzzle droids game on my phone i need to expand out i know there are better ios games for star wars I have I downloaded the big one that everybody's playing like what is it heroes of the galaxy or something uh galaxy of heroes there you go i played that for a while um I have to play that because I'm just I'm just still doing this, but that's really the only Star Wars thing I've been up to. I have, um, you know, just I've been decorating my office with more toys and and posters mm. to the envy of my coworkers. Um, <laughs> I got to post the picture of my my C3PO lounging in a field, uh, which is just phenomenal. But other than that, just chilling. What about what about you, Alex? Uh, I've been doing things here and there we did a um, battlefront 2 troop this past weekend which was fun and i started reading aftermath life debt 
So I'm getting back into reading, and it's it's a really good book so far. Nice. Yeah. What's the uh, general premise? That's the second one, right? It's the second one. So okay. Han Solo and Chewbacca are missing. Oh no! And so that's that's <laughs> all getting, I will say. I'm getting Title card. special <laughs> flashbacks when Han and Chewie were yeah. like trying to make it home. I'm yeah. sure they're on their way. <laughs> oh yeah, I mean they're fine. But uh, I mean, I give me a smile. I won't say anything else. Uh, but it <laughs> it, uh, it has really good connections to Bloodlines. Has really good connections to. Uh, the new trilogy of movies that are that are out now. Um, you have characters bouncing around. You have names being thrown around. So it it feels really good. It's kind of nice to uh, be able to read these now after watching the Last Jedi, which I am hoping to see again in Ooh. a few weeks. Nice. Yeah, I, I still haven't seen it again, and I really want to because like it is one of those movies where like the more I think about it, I'm just like so good well we and can... by again you mean a third time because you have yes, seen it twice a third yes. time i want to see it a third time <laughs> and then you have to see it a fourth because three is an odd number and you no need to... i'll be fine i mean sure? I, i'll after that i'm like okay blu-ray because <laughs> then i want then i want all the special features because yeah because it's like i've seen the movie three times i'm gonna watch all the special features now before i watch the movie again of course now will you be waiting to uh, watch the movie to see the extended features and all that, or will you buy the book and read that first? Uh oh, you mean the novel? The novel, yes. I'm not gonna read the novel. I'll I'll wait and just read like someone's breakdown or whatever. <laughs> Are you gonna read the novel, Alex? I'm hoping to after the. So if you haven't watched, I think it's on the Star Wars show. They have an interview with Rain Johnson. He's talking about how the novel will have extended scenes and scenes that were not ever in the movie. We actually have a news story about yeah, that. Yeah, so we'll talk more about it later, but that's yeah. that's one reason why I do want to read the book. Yeah. Ooh. Um, what about your life, your Star Wars life, Josh? Anything it's exciting? been non-existent, honestly, and not because <laughs> oh, no. I'm, I'm like, man, Star Wars is lame. It's just because, God, the last two weeks of work have been so busy. Um, yeah. For, for any, you know, gaming people out there, you know, Celeste and Monster Hunter and an Overwatch patch all came out in the same week. So uh it's been real busy and I've been real real uh busy. <laughs> <laughs> so I haven't really had any time to devote to any Star Wars stuff. I'm hoping to get back to reading uh uh to called Star Wars Infinities and doing some other stuff. Um but as as of right now, yeah. I haven't really been doing really anything. I, I, I also haven't really finished Lords of the Sith, even though I was like 75% through it, it in, in like three days. And I didn't, I know I need to finish it, but it's like when I'm in my car, it's just not what I've been feet. I haven't really felt like listening to it. Mm-hmm. I'm just like, oh, I'll get to it. Event- I'll get to it, you know? Yeah. Um, but I, I'm, I have a feeling pretty soon I'll be like, uh, I gotta go just finish it. There's only like probably, I bet I have two, three hours tops left in the in the whole book so um i'll have to get through it but other than that yeah it's been pretty dry other than just trying to fix our website which is you know constantly looking at star wars stuff Mm. but (laughs) i will uh put another uh, public service announcement out i still can't get my death star speaker to float anybody (laughs) any tips 
please. I want this. I want this thing to send, float so bad. Send send them tips to long time ago radio yes, at gmail.com. That is a real that is our new email, by the way. If the tip works, I'll send you a patch. Oh, there so, you go. Uh, oh, there's the incentive. Right, getting a patch yeah, limited of one hundred, I won't tell you what it is. But it's cool. Ooh. It is not a long time ago radio not patch, yet, though. We but, have not made but those. But those will be made hopefully soon. Oh, you know what? I actually have a thing, a Star Wars related thing, but it's something we haven't done yet. Uh, That's exciting. Uh, next is... Saturday, Alex and I are finally going for the first time. Oh, I don't know if Alex has ever it's been. It's my uh, my first pilgrimage. So yes, my first. Okay, time. we're going. We're going to Rancho Obi Wan uh, for the first time, which is the largest Star Wars memorabilia collection in the world. Yes, I will be crying. <laughs> so it's it uh it's uh it's in petaluma california which is about i don't know 30 minutes from my apartment and uh and about an hour from like skywalker ranch and like an maybe an hour and a half from lucasfilm uh and it's basically just this giant where if you if you watch the toys that made us episode one they actually go through Rancho Obi-Wan for a while. That's how I convinced Nicole to yeah, go. Yeah, uh, <laughs> Steve Sansweet, he's the guy who runs it. Basically, he's kind of the, the guy who runs the whole thing. Every year at Star Wars Celebration, he has a giant display booth, and he brings a little bit of the collection um, to the, the convention. And it's, it's really cool because a few years ago, in 2015, he brought over a bunch of custom-made, like, fan-made memorabilia. Whereas this past year, since it was the 40th anniversary of A New Hope, they recreated the, a child a child's bedroom. They recreated a child. child. Uh, They recreated (laughs) a child's bedroom with all the original classic stuff from 1977. Oh, that's cool. That's cute. So this is oh, that was the thing I could have got into. Yeah, which it's it's so hard to see everything. But I mean, his yeah, they they have some amazing things. Uh, In 2015, they came to the Honda Center here in uh, in LA, and they brought uh, you know displays of their figures, helmets, just lots of different things. So if you ever get a chance go it's a uh, charity no money that you donate ever goes to paying for new collectibles is offered the upkeep so this is someone who's not connected with disney or lucasfilm this is just a collector private collector steve sansweet used to write for lucasfilm i believe like he actually used to do like collecting books and stuff like that uh now he's it's his own private thing but he still has connections with with uh, Lucasfilm and, and different things like that. They do charity events and all that other kind of thing. Sure, so they do sure. a gala every year that raises money for uh, their, the collection. Um, Isn't that like 250 bucks? Yeah, like, but ooh, you get a lot of stuff too. So it's yeah. like if you have the money, by all means, go for it. Fun. Well, yeah. you guys will have fun. I'm super jelly. Oh take lots of pictures. We are going to take lots of pictures for because I'm – planning on uh it's on our trello board planning on (laughs) launching our Flickr very soon and putting all of the facebook pictures we've accrued nice um pretty much like on there and then we'll have albums where it'll be like oh our first trip to rancho will be one we'll have that in there and we go to a convention we'll have some pictures and stuff i thought of a a star warsy related thing um Uh, the Women's March was this past weekend, um, and there was some really good Star Wars-related signs. Um, lots of lo- young girls holding signs, quoting uh, General Organa. Um, I posted one on our Twitter. Um, just very, very cool seeing lots of little girls being super into uh, Star Wars and using those 
strong female role models as personal role models and just very exciting to see um lots of signs like you know well-behaved women rarely topple empires and stuff like that so love it um there's plenty of those photos online if you want to want to check them out cool yeah i saw a couple on twitter i think mark hamill uh, reposted some cool. of them didn't he or retweet yeah very cool believe so um, should we hop in Yes, I think we're ready to go on to the show. Once again, everybody, you're listening to Long Time Ago Radio. Whether uh, you're from the class of 77 or The Last Jedi was your first Star Wars movie, you're welcome here. And now, on to the show. In order to ensure the security and continuing stability, the Republic will be reorganized into the first galactic Empire for a safe and secure society. All right, so this week we have kind of an interesting lore discussion, um, and we're going to try our best to uh, break down things that maybe people who don't read a lot of the books or comics know about. Um, but we're going to be talking about the difference between the Empire and the First Order. Yep. And, uh, you know, what makes them tick, where they came from, all kinds of stuff like that. And uh, I will start by saying, and also some of our, like, personal feelings on how they're both portrayed. I'm going to start by saying that uh, I feel a lot more, I know I grew up with the Empire, and, like, when you read the books, the Empire obviously does some really bad stuff. They have, like, slave camps and genocide. genocide. But at the same time, there are people, like, you know, Sienna. I know. Sorry, I bring it up every Star time. Stars. But ding, ding, ding. Who, who, you know, she does good stuff, even though she's part of the Empire. And I'm sure there's going to be other examples in the future of characters that are, you know, Imperial through and through, but they save people's lives and do all that stuff. But um, we don't really have that with the First Order, at least not yet. Like, everyone seems like true blue villain for the most part. Yeah. Uh, and then if they ever do develop a conscience like Finn, they turn. <laughs> so, you know, they don't stick with it. Like the first order could be the best thing ever. Like that's not a thing so far. And so, I think a lot of that has to do with the way that each of those formed. Right. right. That's Absolutely. That's what I was going to say too. Yeah. Well, the, the empire for better or for worse was a legal governmental evolution. You know, they put, Palpatine in power they voted to give him powers mm-hmm. it was a you know a lot of people saw it as a revolution as an uprising as a positive change in the way that the galaxy worked so there was a lot of that that came from the institutions that were there already so you did have people who believed in this um and like Sayana who grew up believing in it and stuff like that the I think I, you guys are gonna have to inform me a lot because the first order I feel like just from the films, it does feel like a whole lot of individuals kind of just trying to piece together, um, you know, parts of the fallen empire for their own gain. Um, Pretty much, that's what I'm it not... is. Yeah, I mean, what we yeah. can do yeah. is we can go through real quick the formation of the empire and how that led to the first order. If that helps, just a quick yeah, summary. Absolutely. We've saw, we've all seen the movies, but just to be like, these are the main points. This is how this was formed and why it led to the first order. Because a lot of what happened in the empire. I mean, it led to this new, and I wouldn't even call it a government, just more of a military. Um, 
but so real quick, the the formation of the Galactic Empire, it replaced the uh, Galactic Republic after the Clone Wars. We saw the whole scene with Palpatine being given emergency powers for the Clone Wars and all that fun stuff. Uh, the conspiracy of Order 66 and his battle with, I think it, it was with uh, Mace Windu and Anakin that disfigured him, brought a lot of people to the cause being like, you know what, the Jedi have turned against us in order to preserve you know the republic we are tur- we are you know we're going to hunt down the jedi and i'm going to create the first galactic empire so by doing that he ended a thousand years of democracy so right there you have all these uh planets and people seeing palpatine as hey this guy's standing up for us when we're in the middle of this war not only has he fought off the separatists he's actually fought off this whole coup that the jedi were going to do which we all know wasn't a real thing but in the context of the galaxy, it's kind of hard to pinpoint what's true and what's not in the middle of such a big, uh, big war. Yeah. Uh, the empire developed slowly after that. the The clone troopers, because of their, uh, the they were made to age faster. A lot of them died out. Some of them trained on stormtroopers, so a lot of the stormtroopers know people that uh, signed up. Or the people that you know were brought into the army as opposed to bred for war. Uh, and just just a question on, of clarification mm-hmm. on that. So by the time we get to a new hope, those are volunteers for the most. Yeah, part? a lot of those are con- what they call conscripts. I wrote that yeah. down. I mean, some of them are some of them volunteers, um, but they were all. It's funny. Wikipedia makes a, a good point to to say that they are human. They're birth-born human recruits versus clones. So the clones at this point have been retired, and any of the ones that are still in the service of the Empire are being used to train these new stormtroopers. Isn't it like? Isn't there like an uh, an explanation for why they stopped using clones? Also, isn't it something about like the original DNA strand like decayed? Yeah. So when uh, Jango Fett was killed, they no longer had original DNA to pull from. So they were basically replicating based off of what they had, and because they were trying to stick with the same, you know, with the same um, source for the clones, the cloning i don't even call it it's called goo just wasn't holding up the information as well as it could have been so these clones as time went on weren't performing or at least weren't lasting as long as they should have so as opposed to doing that they just started recruiting because it's a lot easier and a lot cheaper i think it also he had them trying to hide the order 66 task from you know camino if i don't know if you would want to keep bringing in these cloners if you were trying to hide a giant conspiracy that you created. Right. Well, I think that's the whole point about Palpatine's long game is he created a series of events which would cause people to then join up and believe that this is a cause worth volunteering oh, for. Yeah. Um, as opposed to just having it be by force. We talked about this in the Why the Empire is Good episode, the fact that it was a movement that people believed in. And so, yeah, it's a lot easier to get people to come on board who believe in it as a, as a, you know, something in their soul rather than to just make people. Um, but I, I'm curious as to how, I mean, I'm assuming you're going to keep going and get into this, how that differs from first order. Cause I feel like the only background we know from the films is Finn's background, which is negative. He was taken from his family. Mm-hmm. So just to close out the empire, um, which it, one thing that we that we we're talking about how you know these people that were brought in as brought into the empire or to the imperial army you know how they were doing good things and all that we kind of see the good and the bad the uh I'll, i think what swayed a lot of people to join 
the empire was a lot of the propaganda that they put out there which um, in life debt they talk a lot about the propaganda and i know josh has the same book that i do and it shows the propaganda posters that are kind of in world and the stories behind them and they got people wanting to do something good with their lives and they saw the empire as a way of keeping control over everything which is something that you don't necessarily see with the first order so we know that uh, palpatine once the Death Star was complete. It led to the dismantling of the Senate. You had sector governors in charge of regions in space, no representation with the Empire, you know, uh, total control. We see Return of the Jedi, all that goes away. The Empire form leader surrenders to the Republic, signed the Galactic Concordance, uh, and that caused members of the Empire to be scattered throughout the galaxy and they started hiding. Wait, just real quick. So there was an actual moment of surrender where the remaining leaders of the Empire sat down with people sort and said, of. game sort over. Sort of. So you have a lot of, you have, the, you know, the Battle of Endor, Death Star explodes. Rumors start saying, hey, Palpatine is dead. Vader is dead. Well, who's in charge? Um, do you guys remember the guy with the with the blue horns in the prequel movies that was always by Palpatine? I don't Oh yeah, of course, blue, blue dude. dude. I don't remember his name. They say that no. he's in, he's he's in, in life. Uh, he's in everything, really. He's in. Uh, yeah, he's also in. Um, Sith. Yes. Book. Yes. <laughs> I, think, <laughs> I think his name is Mazameda, something like that. Something like that. Yeah. So when Palpatine died, because there was no successor. <laughs> I can't even remember the book I'm right, reading. Horrible. You know what's the worst part? I literally just finished reading a chapter about him right now. Um, but uh, so he became the figurehead of the empire once Palpatine died, and I say so he's I say figurehead though because he had no power. He's hypothetically there for all of the original trilogy. Yes, he's yep. serving, and ah. I think I think within canon he knew about the conspiracy of Order sixty six too. He right? did. Yeah. So he's been in he's been in on this for a while. So so what happens to him? Uh, I don't know. Um, the chapter I read, he's try he might kill himself, so that's as far as I've gotten. Oh, so, God. <laughs> so, but at some point... Isn't there a whole thing... I hate to interrupt. Uh, uh, isn't there a whole thing about, like, um, a, different leaders in the Senate, like, jockeying for... So, there is, yeah. So, uh, Palpatine so spot. you have this whole time, you know, you have the, the people that are loyal to the, to the Empire still trying to keep their power. You have the New Republic trying to push these people out of power. And at the same time, you have a lot of the Imperial leaders, which are the military leaders, scattering throughout the galaxy, trying to get their own you know, piece of the pie. You have uh, Ray Sloan, I think is her name. Uh, yep, Ray Sloan. Taking, trying to, at this point, at least in the book from where I'm at right now, she's the head of the Imperial Navy, like the largest faction of it. So all these little groups are hidden here and there. It gets to a point to where the Empire as a whole is dead. There's little factions trying to figure out ways to hold their power or to regroup. So that's what you see the uh, the formation of the First Order. Aside from the groups in the military, you have the people in the Senate, which Josh is referring to, like the centrists. And uh, oh, what was the other one? Do you remember? From Bloodlines. Uh, we talked about this before. They were like populists. Or... Yes. Populists. Yeah, that was Something it. like so that. So the centrists yeah. held more of the uh, imperial ideals while the populists were more of, you know, the, the New Republic. So you had that separation already kind of happening more and more and more. What we don't really see in the movie, actually we don't see this at all in the movies, but we see a lot in the books, is the centrists doing some back 
backroom deals with these uh, different smugglers and cartels and you know drug dealers and all this stuff to slowly gain money. So these military leaders from the First Order, who were once part of the Empire, are trying to create this new military because they know they don't have the people. So they're going to try to create more weapons to you know equal the, the firepower. So that's where you kind of get the formation of the First Order. It's not necessarily a governing body like we see in the uh, with the new the the new republic, but you see them basically forming a military and trying to create a galactic coup. Interesting, and it comes through making deals for money. Yeah, like you know, a more economic thing, which is interesting. You know, I know, I know a lot of people hated the Canto Bite section of the newest film, I think but I love it. Shows a lot the fact that we got to the. It, it yeah, really absolutely. does show the the other side of it because Star Wars has always been about grungy lived in earthy look but all these ships all these weapons have to come from somewhere and someone's making money off of them right it's there's a big always galaxy. a really big yeah, there's galaxy always someone can benefit always someone can profit off of all of these big war machinations so why did do we know specifically which groups like the forced order came from like do we know how they became so dominant enough to build like a giant planet-sized base. That part uh, is, is talked about a little bit in some of the books and some of the comic books. I haven't gotten too much into it. I know that aside from the centrists funding them, back-end deals, they were making a lot of uh, weapon sales. Um, we, they talk a little bit about it in uh, Bloodlines with the with the Anazazi warriors. Just I don't remember their name specifically. Yeah, there's like a there's like this cult kind of not a cult, but it's like an underground sort of extremist mm-hmm. group that's that were like former empire and then after they fleed you know they knew that they had sympathizers like in the republic yeah, senate and, basically and the empire had money so a lot of these military leaders who went into hiding had money too they had funds so all these people over time gathered everything that they had in order to create the first order and you, one of the big changes that you see specifically with the uh, stormtroopers you were talking about that uh, becky brought it up whereas the stormtroopers they were recruits the first order stormtroopers were actually bred so they they talk a little hmm. bit in life that uh they talk about general hux's father and his ideals which i won't go too much into that part because it's a little spoilery um But uh, whereas stormtroopers are trained as adults and all that kind of fun stuff, uh, the First Order, they were trained from birth and given a designation number rather than the names. So they were part of a machine as opposed to being an individual. And this was done so they would be more loyal to the Supreme Leader. It's like, you're not Finn, you're FN2187. You are a number, you are a part of this larger thing. Take, Take pride in what you're doing. Now, so we we know how they form with, with money, and we know how they've recruited. They pretty much stole babies. But what is their ideology? Did they have anything that was like a doctrine that brought people together that they were fighting for? Or is it just a power grab? I think grab? a lot of it was a power grab, but also there, there was a worry that there was no central power. And they felt that the New Republic was weak in trying to, you know, keep the systems in check uh, they talk a little bit about it in the books where all the drug lords and you know warlords are kind of coming out of the woodworks gaining more ground and that's one of the concerns that the centrists have that well 
the new republic is supposed to be representing everybody, but you're getting a lot of these warlords gaining power again. They didn't want that. Kind of also yeah. because it was, you know, impeding on their own monetary gains, not necessarily for the safety. So you see a lot yeah. about that, and, and I think it was in uh, one of the one of the uh, visual dictionaries after the events of the uh, the last Jedi during the whole because that you know how that takes place right after the Force Awakens. Aside from that whole scene, you have First Order recruits going out to the Outer Rim territories, being like, "Hey, the New Republic is gone, but we can provide you with you know safety from all these drug lords and kingpins and all that stuff. You should join us." So not only were they trying to wipe out the the uh, New Republic, they're trying to get people on their side to get their you know their their conglomerate, I guess you can call it, even larger than what it was. Well, it's interesting because they seem so much more ill-fated than Palpatine's revolution was, because you know he was able to you know change people's minds by you know rallying around a, an ideology and a common enemy and. This seems much more like a military coup, like just people with with power and arms, you know, scared to lose that power and holding on to it for whatever reason. I mean, I guess that's kind of my biggest question about the First Order is what is their goal besides rooting out the rebels? Their goal is just to to have their own power. I mean, I think one part that we're still trying to find out, too, is because we know that at some point, we don't know when, that uh, Snoke took control or not necessarily took control but was made supreme leader we don't know why we don't know how we do know that he came from the uh, like the outer the unknown parts of the galaxy and we do know that a lot of these military leaders went into hiding into those areas so at some point yeah. someone made a connection with him or you know with his group whatever this group is and brought him in as a leader I think that's one big part that we're missing. Whereas we know we knew Pal- what Palpatine was trying to do, we know how he came into power. But for the First Order, there was already a group of people trying to take control of everything. But then all of a sudden, this new guy kind of comes in and takes control of everything. So how did he do that? Well, I will interject there that at the time of the original trilogy, we did not know those things about Palpatine. Correct, correct. So any, anyone who's like, ah, we don't know anything about Snoke, this is terrible plot holes, you're wrong. Well, yeah, wrong. We, we just didn't um, know at the time. All of a sudden, you just see this face on a projector and Empire Strikes Back. Right. Yeah, we don't even you're know like, why Vader... Who is that? Why is Vader <laughs> a giant rocking robot? Um, yes, totally. It, it is interesting This how this kind of outsider... Um, who do we even is we know his race his his his, his creature his, race his is humanoid species alien. <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's yeah. as far as that's that's as much information as we've been given he does seem just human he just seems real messed Actually, you know up what? give me a second yeah. i'm gonna run real quick and grab the visual dictionary because it talks a little bit about him oh and it talks a little bit about his uh remember the purple guys that we were talking about a while ago his navigator. Oh, yeah, the guys in yeah, the background. Let me grab that. I'll yeah. be right back. All right. Go for it. We'll, we'll fill I'll, some time here. Yeah, well, I found this cool USA Today article. Um, it came out before uh, Last Jedi, but right before, so it's after they mm-hmm. filmed it. And um, they were asking uh, 
Gwendolyn Christie and Damal Gleason and, and Ryan Dotson about the First Order. And uh, Gwendolyn Christie says, the First Order isn't exactly a harmonious, happy family. There's an awful lot of infighting and jostling for position and people wanting to advance. You know, that mad driving ambition where people will stop at nothing and step on all of your corpses to achieve what they want. <laughs> And uh, Ryan Johnson follows that up with the Empire felt very old guard in a way. And the First Order feels like a much younger organization in every sense of the word, um, that there's more opportunity for intrigue. And then uh, Dom Hall Gleason adds that there he thinks there was much more of a like set hierarchy in the Empire, um, you know, with Grand Moff Tarkin, who worked for Vader, and there was a food chain and so on. But as we see very early on, Hux and Kylo Ren are on the same level, fighting aggressively. Um, and as he says, a quote from him, technically you're all on the same side, but really the only true side of everybody in the First Order is the side of yep. themselves. It's all about themselves. Yeah. So, oh, hey, so, Alex boom. is back. All right, here, let me, I'll, it doesn't give much, but it kind of gives a little bit of information. Uh, this is about the attendance. So if you look real quick in the throne room during The Last Jedi, there are these really tall, lanky, cloaked creatures with glowing eyes and all purple. This is what it says about them in the Last Jedi Visual Dictionary. Snoke's retinue includes male alien navigators who originated in the unknown regions. Were it not for the ancient hyperspace trails blazed by these towering servants, the Imperial survivors who fled into this uncharted realm would certainly have perished. These navigators designed and operate the Oculus viewing scope in Snoke's throne room. So here you see, again, the, these Imperials hid. They went as far away as they could. And at some point, they came into contact with these attendants and possibly Snoke. So, cool. So, cool. like, that is really it's cool because cool. now we're getting into <laughs> uncharted space, you know, stories beyond the, the Star Wars galaxy. Maybe. Maybe that's what Ryan Johnson's talking about when he says, I'm going to make something that you've never seen before. Maybe he's a user. I was, I I was, all the, all the legends like, ah! dudes are getting all hyped. <laughs> well, I mean, to be fair, that was a whole you know race of characters that came from uncharted space. <clears throat> We're kind of pulling yeah. from that. And what's nice about that is that you can pull things that are that have never been established. You can, it sounds weird, but you can pull things out of your butt and basically create your own <laughs> galaxy on the other side of space. They don't That's have to awesome. follow the rules that we know so far, and Snoke really didn't follow any of the rules that we well at least what we expected right right that's very cool but in terms of going forward though yeah he's i gone. wonder if they're gonna bury first him. order yeah. there might well, be some sort of ship blew up oh yeah that's right <laughs> he's probably just, just gone blown. well no we saw his body there his oh his, yeah this tongue Hux hanging out in and he's like <laughs> hmm. what do i do now yeah well, let's go back to the First Order and, and who they yeah. are and how they've become. I know we wanted to talk a little bit about their differences with the Empire in terms of tech and how they evolved. Um, you know, the big planet Death Star, I'm not really sure about that. But I'd, <laughs> I'd, rather, talk, I'd rather talk about, like, the ships and the miniaturized Death Star technology and stuff like that. Um, they've clearly gone bigger and better and as you kept making the joke longer, longer and for their wider. ships mm-hmm, wider it did get real wide. real wide but but again <laughs> you look at a lot of the designs and i know it's you know part of the design the story group and all that but a lot of it is based on imperial technology and it makes sense because the people who created it were formal imperials themselves 
So it's that evolution yeah. of, of this group. Yeah. And it's interesting, like, if you had a Death Star and then they very quickly were able to make another Death Star and everyone's like, no more Death Stars. I'm like, but they got the technology down now is yeah. the thing. Um, and it's interesting that instead of the big getting bigger or more, we now have a quick, quick glimpse of that miniaturized cannon that they used in Last Jedi, which I thought was a cool super that. laser siege cannon. 200 meter long weapon. See, I think that's a. I was super off topic. I think that's a cool way to like use that kind of stuff again. Yeah. No, Star Killer was a little much. I love Episode Seven. Don't get me wrong. Star Killer was a bit much. Oh, totally. But I like oh, that cannon. One thing that sweet. I found really annoying is that people are like, "How in the world do they build this giant weapon in a planet in such you know such a short amount of time?" It's like they built two Death Star, or they built the second Death Star. Right? It's also yeah. been thirty in like a years. <laughs> Thirty years is more than enough time to terraform a planet into a weapon, at least in Star Wars. Don't standards. compare it. I was gonna say, yeah, don't compare it to American, you know, construction yeah, we jobs. Have, there's it's space not robots, that... guys, and space <laughs> whales. You get a couple space whales. First order does not have a union. We do have space, do whales, have space whales from from yeah. Rebels. <laughs> that was a weird episode. It's so Doctor Who. But then you think yeah. about it, and you're like, we did have space worms in the original trilogy, so sure. it's not it, it's not like a totally huge, you know, it's not like yeah. a giant step it's, too far. It's, it's kind of weird. You, know, you gotta, you gotta. It's science fiction, guys. It's it's fine. Can you can you tell me about the gorilla walkers? Oh yeah, give me a second. I just was looking at that. I I I really like those. I was hoping to see a little more from them. But uh, I like the evolution of that too. They were really they cool were looking. The ATM6, the all-terrain mega caliber six, uh, over thirty-six Ooh. meters tall. Wait, wait, stop. Does AT stand for yes. all-terrain? So Boom. your AT, AT, all-terrain, all-terrain, all armored transport. So Empire Strikes Back. Ah. <laughs> I thought it was just double all-terrain. Like all-terrain all the time. <laughs> <laughs> The, uh, Bravo! We can we can just shut the show today. down done, now. We did it. Done, the ATSD, <laughs> which everyone uh, lovingly refers to as a chicken walker, is the all-terrain scout transport. Uh, so you can see the ATM six was the the next evolutionary stage of the ATAT. <laughs> Darwin, Darwin. Right? Uh, Darwin but uh, what's funny to see though is that while they created these these new ATM sixes. You still had modified versions, or at least souped-up versions, of the classic ATST and ATAT. So again, it's that oh. yeah, there's new technology, but if this stuff still kind of works, just soup it up a bit and continue using it. So this is just uh, in case people are forgetting, this is on crate um, at the the final kind of battle when they're all firing, you know, at the at the locked-up old rebel base and <clears throat> Luke standing there. We see some of these new new technologies. Um, I like those things too. Those things are very imposing, very cool. Um, they're flight ships for the most part. Are they using like TIE fighters and stuff? Uh, pretty much. The yeah. TIE fighters have evolved a little bit. Hold on, I feel like I need to go get my other visual dictionary. They have white yeah. wings instead of black yeah, wings. And, and I think one big difference that you see too in the first order TIE fighters is that now they hold two pilots one for the guns and one for piloting like navigation versus the right. classic ones that well, only held one didn't the classic ones have two pilots also because like the, in the, the bombers in the, the bombers are you sure because in because uh, in lost stars they talk about 
having co-pilots for t- for TIE they fighters. They could have had, depending on the type of fighter, as far as I know, the classic, like the standard TIE fighter only held one pilot. Yeah, hmm. I mean, if you think about New Hope, there's just one guy in those, when they're yeah. doing the runs. But That's then interesting, in man. Force Awakens, obviously, but again, there's both. There's a lot of different TIE fighters. Yeah. I mean, we're seeing more in Rebels than we, you know, there's, you know, they even, in the expanded universe, they made a TIE fighter that's a tank. So it got real weird. What? Yeah, it's a TIE <laughs> fighter with tread. Wouldn't that just be a tank? I think it's like the TIE <laughs> tank fighter. It's, it got weird. So did, right. did anybody read the Cantobite novel? Not yet. Not yet. Because I'm, I'm really curious, because I would really like to hear, like, who, like, give me a name. Like, I want to hear the whatever corporation. Who creates the TIE fighters? Like, if, uh, if, a, systems, if a rebel cell... Hold on. Oh, okay. Who? Hold on, sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry, my nerd. See, is like, I want to hear. You can't just blurt that out and then be like, Hold "Hang on." on. CNR <laughs> Fleet Systems is the company. Okay. Uh, they pretty much make all the Tie Fighters. I am assuming that they're also the ones that are making the First Order ones too. Um, well, that's my question. It's like if, if a rebel cell came up and said, "Hey, I have a million credits. Can I buy a Tie Fighter?" Like, do they have? Are they? purposefully working with both the empire and the first order i'm just you know i'm, I'm a little bit of a finance no, no, that nerd, makes so sense. i'm like i want to hear about these contracts well, that's one of those, you know those, like <laughs> stories that you wish you could learn more about like the contracts and all that stuff and then people are like oh that's so boring it's like no i want to know i want to know no, more. oh yeah it fills Especially, out the world i want yeah. the i want the uh i want the enron downfall <laughs> uh story yes. in star wars so they're like someone's been cooking the books for the last three cycles <laughs> yeah. oh my gosh all right so uh <laughs> that's the movie i want to make is the expose documentary about a corporation that goes under because yeah of the, the hollow the hollow vid documentary yes. and it would yeah. be like Done. Behind I'm doing the mask, it. it'll be like one of those like we're going rogue. We're going to show you behind the empire, and the last twenty <laughs> minutes are completely redacted. I love it. So I love all of it. Reading off but, of the Wikipedia, we found this footage. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! I would love, dude. A, a found footage Star Wars movie where like, uh, oh, you know what would be great? Don't I know say it out loud. So we can do it for so, the next I'm Star Wars so, celebration fan film I'm contest. I'm so sorry. <laughs> What is it? What is it? Well, well uh, okay. So you know, there's the there's that uh, that novel, uh, the Death Troopers. Yes. Is that what it's called? The one, the zombie yeah, Death one. Troopers. <clears throat> Wouldn't that be an awesome found footage oh, that'd movie? Be terrifying. Like all the stormtroopers on the on the star destroyer, but it's all like helmet cam yeah. footage of the zombie outbreak. That would be but so I think cool. Only two oh my god. That book. All right. That's fine. No. <laughs> Yeah, that's perfect. That's perfect horror movie yeah, stuff. Yeah, that's perfect horror movie stuff. It's usually like a guy and a girl. Actually, I think it was. You know, yeah. <laughs> I think so. it was. It <laughs> that's it's the trope. I mean. read that book, but it, it was fun. It was a fun book. So, uh, real quick, CNR Fleet Systems manufactured much of the Galactic Republic's crafts during the Clone Wars, and then they also uh, would do the Galactic Empire. By the time the First Order rose to power, the company had been succeeded by CNR Jameis Fleet Systems and CNR Jameis Army System. So this is where we're getting into the real nitty-gritty as to who made what by what, who got money from where. But uh, that would be fun for them to actually flesh out a little more. Well, yeah, I think it's just so interesting. Like, if you're talking about this is a completely different organization, like, in terms of who's leading it, um, who would be signing these contracts, like, I'm just curious as to what 
because usually when people make weapons, yes, they want to make money, but clearly they're supplying one side of this fight. Or they, um, they could be doing no, both. But, Do you remember this, the scene with DJ? That's and true. Then also, if you look at scenes from the Clone Wars, the banking clans, they funded both sides. They were either like, yeah. we're going to stay out of this, but we're going to take both of your money. It's so interesting because it's like, especially with this, with this like ruling faction versus the empire where the empire was was the ruling government like i said it evolved legally from the republic that was before and now this is more of like an upstart kind of rebellious Mm -hmm. thing um and these people are still funding them and and kind of putting their money and their chips behind behind this organization but like you said some are building ships for both sides it's interesting I, i like that stuff i think it's and and i and i have faith that the story group and has put this kind of thought behind it all the practical thought of okay how can an upstart organization of people who are disparate descendants of the empire actually get the resources they need to be a, a mm-hmm. powerful force but i still find it interesting that they lack an ideology I, i'm like why does phasma get up every day <laughs> let me see i'll look through the book real quick because it talks a little bit about each one uh the first order i mean Oh, go ahead. You know what? Keep talking, and I grab my other book. Oh, I have <laughs> books. You got, you gotta, you gotta do research, guys. Gotta do your research. Problem I is, it. I have pizza in my mouth. <laughs> right back. Ooh, what kind of pizza are you eating? It's like DiGiorno. We didn't have time. Oh, but I mean, it's pretty good though. <laughs> well, I. What else can we talk about with the first order? Hux. How did Hux get to be in such a prominent place, being such a jerk? Um, he failed up. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> oh. <laughs> With somebody's kid. We're talking about Hux. Wasn't he though? Wasn't Hux somebody's kid? Al? I mean, he is, obviously but... somebody's kid. He's... But wasn't he yeah, like somebody important's kid? I don't want to say either. Uh, so, oh. Okay. Okay. It's a spoiler. And honestly, for life debt, it is. Because uh. Right. So okay. real quick for the first order. He's Chewbacca's kid. Spoiler. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's. I almost made a really bad joke. Um, let me see. No, it doesn't say. I think the best. Oh, wait, real quick. Yeah. I was just going to say, I found a good Phasma quote, which I guess is from her book. Did that come out? Yes. yes. Okay. Uh, the, and she says, the first order is not the empire. We are pure. We have been through the crucible and emerge stronger. I love that word. Crucible. Yeah. That's a cool quote too. That's pretty hardcore. I bet we could learn a lot about what we're talking about by reading Phasma's novel. But yeah. um, I have her comic, and I have not read it yet. Uh, but. Go so ahead, Alex. I was going to say, I say? think the best thing that we can look at for like a, the, the cause behind the, uh, the First Order would be General Hux's speech in The Force Awakens. So mm-hmm. I'll just read a part of it. It says, today is the end of the Republic, the end of a regime that acquiesces to disorder. At this very moment in a system far from here, the New Republic lies to the galaxy while secretly supporting the treachery of the loathsome resistance. This fierce machine which you have built, upon which we stand, will bring an end to the Senate, to their cherished fleet. All systems will bow to the First Order, and will remember this day as the last day of the Republic. So right there, Mm. it's, it's a lot about military power, but at the same time, they feel it's almost like manifest destiny in a weird way. Like they feel like this government power that's in place is not speaking truth truthfully about everything and that they should be the ones creating order within the galaxy. So if they're not being given well, it, they'll take yeah. it. Yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, I'm seeing on on different things now, and I'm, I don't know if this is from, I don't know what this is from, but about Hux uh, giving speeches on the airwaves and talking about, um, you know, famines and suppressions of other peoples. And uh, this, this is my favorite one. Unchecked alien advances throughout the Outer Rim, which is like a not-so-subtle nod to illegal immigration, um, and how the First Order is... Uh, combating all these things you know and you're kind of talking about this spread of misinformation kind of this you know them painting themselves as the fighters of corruption um you know is interesting you know and using what apparently you know kind of rebel tactics to kind of tell people what they are and what they've they stand become the for. new rebellion uh-huh. yeah it's interesting well except but, in last jedi when they're basically the status uh, quo yeah. again but again, it's like so weird because we don't, I guess Star Wars has never really shown us this except in the prequels. You don't really see just like the general state of the galaxy. Cause you're like, after the Republic's gone, are people in just crisis mode? Oh, like the you 30 know? years in between? Oh. No, I mean like directly after Force Awakens and Last Jedi. Like, because it's, they say that, uh, the first order in the opening crawl, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, they say like, oh, they're, they have a big fleet and they're marching forward and taking over planets and they're basically the status quo now. Well, yeah, so that's what I was talking about, how they're going to the planets trying to take control or at least convincing other planets to join them. I mean, not a lot of, what do you call it, not a lot of time has passed, but it's almost like a, a blitzkrieg. Like, hey, they took out right. our stuff, all right, let's hit them hard back. That's a, that's a great way to to uh i wanted to use that word it sounded fun what's the word Blitz <laughs> oh <laughs> that's a great analogy i mean for for those that aren't aware isn't that that's when uh i mean correct me if i'm wrong that's when uh germany during world war ii like took over tons yeah, of so countries in like a short period of time that's really funny you say that pretty much yeah that's funny that you bring that up because I just found a J.J. Abrams quote about creating the, the First Order. And he said, um, that all came out of a conversation about what would have happened if the Nazis all went to Argentina but then started working together again. What could be born of that? Could the First Order exist as a group that actually admired the Empire? Could the work of the Empire be seen as unfulfilled? And could Vader be a martyr? Um, so I, that's an interesting, like, yeah, if the Nazis all went to Argentina. I like that. That's an interesting additional take on what is often a reiteration of of nazi uh storylines and, and media so very interesting anything else anybody has i just want to say that the first order ships if you look at them i mean aside from their their star destroyers that were purposely made to look like imperial ones they, they now have ships that are like made to wipe out tons of people like we see the yeah. uh what was the name of that big old ship the uh the dreadnought from captain yeah. kennedy which yeah. had an awesome voice i loved his whole scene at the beginning oh my god i was sad when right? he died because i was like man i just want to hear him talk and even like, even uh, as he was dying want... his face just goes like bloody hell yeah. like ah oh, poo i want uh, <laughs> i want like the the uh navy epic kind of uh you know historical movie thing but i or in a book but i want him to narrate him. like the star destroyers like move 40 degrees like <laughs> you know that's a good novel like Dreadnought. some novel about old ships but it's about star destroyers i, I like it the, the, his ship was the fulminatrix the, the fulminatrix 
That's that's not a real word. That's no, that's like five different words. That well, they neither, could neither is Captain Kennedy, or Snoke, but you know it's a Star Wars word. Yeah. Fair enough. I don't know. The ships just look very. Uh, they're much more menacing. I mean, at the same time, there's no. It's not a Death Star, but uh, I mean these these ships were made, you know, for fire for for firepower versus you know, manpower. Right. 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 They're Interesting. big. Interesting. Yeah. Real wide, real wide. Very cool. Real, real wide. wide. Awesome. Any I other think, thoughts? I think that's it. We're getting we're getting a little long in the tooth here, but I think this was a nice discussion. I learned some things. Yeah. I hope I hope listeners learned some things. If you have any uh, questions, please uh, let us know. We yes. Can... Uh, long time ago, radio at gmail dot com. That's where you can uh, email into the show, and we'll answer your questions on the air too. If you have any, or if you have like topic suggestions or anything What's like that. What's your favorite snack to eat while you Do watch Star Wars? Oreos are oh mine. Oh my goodness, that's a good idea. And or, oh cookies. my god, Alex, you have to keep or they need to keep Oreos away from us <laughs> because no lie, when we when we went to see Last Jedi and we bought Oreos, yeah, they were gone. Like they were they were eighty percent gone within the first <laughs> day. And then I think like Megan or Nicole went to go get one. I'm like, where did they all go? I think at that point I had three in my hand and one in my mouth. So I was like, I don't, I don't know, guys. I don't, I don't know where they went. It's because every time you walk over there, you're like, oh, grab more. <laughs> pocket snack, guys. Pocket snack. Yeah. They're so They're good, though. Good. All right. Uh, on to the news. News. I have good news for you, my lord. All right. This first piece of news was actually pretty interesting. Got me way more hyped for the Blu-ray. Uh, the Star Wars show reveals clip of Rey's third lesson, a deleted scene from The Last Jedi, plus Han Solo's funeral to be mentioned in the novelization of Ooh. The Last Jedi. <gasps> Ooh. <laughs> that is a really long headline. <laughs> Thanks, Star Wars Newsnet. Uh, the Star Wars show revealed a clip from Rey's third lesson, a deleted scene from The Last Jedi, which will be incorporated into the novelization of the film by author Jason Fry. The show delves into the creative process behind the novelization, showing the collaboration between the writer-director Ryan Johnson and Jason Fry. And then if you go to the three-minute mark, you get to see part of it. Quick scene, uh, yeah. But but not the whole thing. And I I, I thought it was really cool, actually. And I'm like, man, I kind of – I get why it's not there because of pacing, but I wish it was there. Uh, But it's it's like the village of the caretakers, basically. Yeah, so – Sort of. What, what it is, right? apparently, according to the, the caretaker lore, all the men are separate from the women, and the men, like, because they, they, all the men go off hunting and stuff like that, and then they have a giant feast when they return. So you're kind of seeing that whole feast, and I think in the deleted scene, uh, she thinks it's a giant fire, so she's rushing over there to protect everybody, and in reality, she just sees the giant party they're having. Yeah. She, no. like, she like uses the force to burst open this like wood wall lightsaber and everything. She comes in and there's like a party. And then and then uh the scene that I really liked is her kind of getting mad at Luke and she says like I believed in the legend of Luke Skywalker yeah. or something like that. Um and I was like, Man, this is really cool. I cannot wait for the blue. I just hope that <laughs> once they release the movie that they don't do multiple versions with different uh, deleted scenes i hope they just do one i mean they can come up with different types but they should all have the same thing 
like how the 3D mm-hmm. version of the the Force Awakens had additional deleted scenes that the other ones didn't have. That kind of bugged me. Yeah. Um, they mentioned that Han Solo's funeral, which I guess was not in the not a deleted scene, but it will be in the novelization. But also the novelization has a lot of the deleted scenes in it, and a lot of those are complete and will be on the Blu-ray mm. for you to see. So that's Fun. pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah, I love deleted scenes because I love like stuff that gets cut and why, you know? Yeah. Um, and it's like, is it canon or is it not? <laughs> you know, that kind of thing. Well, if it's in the book, um, it is. Until it gets Until overwritten. Until it gets overwritten by the movie, yeah. It's kind of a weird... Yeah, the movie is always yes. the gospel, uh, pretty much. Um, wow, this next one, I think... Okay, yeah, I can replace this news story with this one. La- uh, Star Wars The Last Jedi nominated for four Academy Awards. Woo-woo! So, uh, just, I'm going to preface this by saying that I just really dislike award shows, and I don't really put any stock in them, but... <laughs> <laughs> it's a new story, so we're gonna go with it. I don't know how you guys feel about that. I like people. I get so angry when people are like, "How come this didn't get nominated?" I'm like, "Who cares?" I don't cares? like award shows because it makes more traffic down here, and then I have to deal with it. So. <laughs> oh God, I I feel you. Like I my office is right next to AT and T oh, Park where the man. Giants play, and every time there's a baseball game, and it's so just hard saying, to get for home. celebrities. I... Just, just don't go on the freeway, guys. Hel- helicopter in or <laughs> something. I love the Oscars. I always have. Uh, I've watched them since I was a kid. For me, it's not like, oh, why did such and such win? Or why did such and such get nominated? I just like having a go-to list for the next couple months oh. of movies to go see. And I take it very seriously. And I see everything. I've been watching the uh, live-action shorts. I've been watching the documentary shorts. I've been, like I, I just like a list to, an excuse to watch great films. Yes, yeah. yeah. You're a movie lady, so I imagine it's very helpful to be like, what did I miss that's apparently amazing? Exactly, yeah. exactly. I'm anyway. sure I do the same thing with games. Like, I, I'm, yes. you know, end of the year, I'm like, oh, I didn't play that, so it must be great. But, right, but I'm excited <clears throat> Star Wars got some noms. Always yes. good. Yes, so we'll get, we'll, let's let's get through this. Uh, Academy Awards, it got nominated for visual effects, obviously because they're amazing. Original score by John Williams, sound mixing and sound editing. I love it. I always happen to have seen like all of the sound mixing and editing films because they're usually the really fun ones that have mm-hmm. a lot of explosions and aliens and stuff. <laughs> um, I bet they're way harder to mix. They probably, yeah, you got some weird stuff going on. Um, but uh, I love that it got nominated for score. Um, I heard yeah. some weird people complaining like, oh, the music wasn't memorable. And I'm like, you're wrong. You know, um, the original trilogy music's only memorable because you've heard yeah, it a hundred times. Yeah, we've had 40 years exactly. of the Imperial March. God. I remember Ray's theme. Ray's theme is wonderful. Yeah. And I loved the the changes that they did to Ray's theme for when she's on the island. Um, yeah, I, I'm yeah, super I excited that it got Ray's some theme for how short we've had it is pretty memorable, and it stands it out is. from anything else. Yeah, love it. Oh, and then. Um, like when uh, the the bringing when when Luke and Leia were together, they brought back whatever theme plays right there when, and it's just so sad. wonderful yes. and sad. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, but uh, yay! So glad. Uh, yeah. Anyway, this next news story, Alex and I, we 
talked about this a little and we went back and forth and and after this i think that i think our theory on this next news story is probably correct and it's very exciting so uh reed morano i hope i'm pronouncing her name correctly confirms that she talked with lucasfilm but she won't be directing a star wars movie now hang on before you're like god i wanted her to direct a star wars movie well hang on because like we immediately backed ourselves out of thinking she was directing a Star Wars movie and have a way different theory about this. Uh, and I'll, I'll just read some of the Star Wars Newsnet uh, article here. It says, A few days ago, word got out that Reed Morano, the director of the first three episodes of Hulu's critically acclaimed hit series The Handmaid's Tale, had discussions with Lucasfilm CEO Kathleen Kennedy, who was said to be encouraging, who, who was said to be encouraging to her. This led to speculation that Murano might be the first woman to direct a Star Wars movie, but Murano herself has shut this line of thinking down. IMDb just spoke with Murano at the 2018 Sundance Film Festival at the, premier, ugh, at the premiere of her newest film, I Think We're Alone Now, specifically focusing on the headline The Hollywood Reporter utilized when reporting on the story, which was, Is Marie, uh, Reed Murano the next Star Wars director? Judging by her reaction to that question, this is clearly the first that Murano has heard of any such speculation. She might be involved with the working on a future Star Wars movie. Uh, and then there, it goes on and on. And there's a quote from her. It says, I was lucky enough to have a meeting with Kathleen Kennedy, who is the loveliest human being. And then uh, Peter Dinklage, I guess, was there too. Because he's like, wait, you're doing Star Wars? And she followed up with, no, I'm not doing Star Wars. Will you stop adding fuel to the rumors? It's just a meeting, and that's all I can say. Hmm. And he said, I just want a part. <laughs> <laughs> and then she followed up saying, and she was awesome, and she uh, parted a lot of her wisdom, and yeah, she's like an idol. Um, now, and they go on to actually mention, Alex, what you and I think is going on with this. So I don't think she was ever in talks to do a star wars movie i think that she's in talks to be a showrunner for the star wars streaming television show well since you know she worked on uh handmaid's tale that'd be awesome uh and that is my theory on that wild speculation yeah. and it's gonna be canon yeah but i feel like you don't just go meet with kathleen kennedy you know, maybe she's cool. Women sticking together. But, but like, yeah, no I one wants to just go meet George Lucas. But I f- it was like, you're there for a reason. Yeah, no, I, but I, because no one. I feel, to. yeah, I feel like if you're coming to Lucas, if you're coming to Lucasfilm, you know, Kathleen Kennedy's super busy. Like, I feel like she's like, I, I feel like she knows that, you know, she, she obviously Kathleen Kennedy knows that they need more women creators in the Star Wars universe. Right. She's talked I mean, about it openly. I yeah. bet she was like, this This Reed Morano lady seems like a good fit. Why don't you come to Lucas and let's talk about your interest in this sort of thing? Sure. On a base level. That doesn't necessarily mean anything. Yeah. It's like, you know, people take meetings, have fun, shake hands. I mean, you know, she maybe she's a huge fan of Handmaid's Tale. Um, and she's probably a more interesting lunch date than George and Lucas then, was. I love. Oh, George. I bet Kathleen Kennedy is way more interesting to talk to. I feel like a George Lucas would be really quiet, and then he'd say something under his breath, like, so, like "Star Wars, so, uh, where are you from? <laughs> Ever seen my ranch? <laughs> we love you, George. Yeah, I actually have seen oh. your ranch, George." I've been there. I want to go there. Oh, boy. Best movie theater really? I've ever been in. Oh, was the, was the Skywalker oh, Ranch lucky. theater? 
Nice. I'll trade you that for Disney stuff. I know, I know, I know someone who works there. So I'll give you a a tour. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, because I've never been to Universal Studios. You've never been to our Universal Studios, you know. The behind the scenes. I've also been to the Universal backlot like multiple yeah, ours times. Yeah, not that exciting. Although we have Superstore, so. Aww. You know what backlot tour I really loved, and just listeners, you should totally do it. Yes, the WB that is one. really cool. We went for. We went during Alan, uh, my friend Alan. Hey, Alan! I know you're listening in your car. <laughs> we went for his uh, bachelor party, and it was super their, their cool. DC Comics little room was awesome. That, that was, was pretty sweet. My fa- honestly, my favorite thing about it—I know this is so off topic—but in the in the in the in the uh, Universal one, it's just like it's like a ride. They're like, oh man, there's gas and we're it's Fast and the Furious. This one, they're like, hey, aren't these facades cool? Why don't we park and actually go yeah. look at it? Which Universal you know, does. Like it's we so much better, that, but it's enough charge. Yeah. Yeah, and then they'll be like, hey, they built this house for Pretty Little Liars, and now that it's over. They're gonna tear it down. So if anyone in the in the car is a fan, like we can park and you can take pictures because it's gonna take be a gone window. in a week. <laughs> and stuff. <laughs> Please take a window. We don't want it here anymore. Guys. I was gonna say you should be able to go and ransack the place if yeah. they're gonna tear it down. But it's that funny too be. because I start to note uh, after doing that, I start to notice in shows sometimes. Once like, you've been on the lot a few times, you start to recognize things. Like we were watching. Yeah, you're like that building well, looks we awful. Like, so I <laughs> lot finally saw great movie but there was the scene where where they're yes! celebrating after they they you know protect the villagers and all that stuff and i'm looking at yeah like, yeah wait a second i know that street i know that fountain they're sitting on it's the back lot so <laughs> that took me out for a bit but yeah once you've been on the lots a little bit and you've driven around i don't know like, I... oh that's so cool or like spider-man you're like that's the same street that that kind of stuff doesn't take me out of it i'm just like it oh there it is like just that's a little the bit thing. and then you look at it and you're like wow they did a really good job with the set dressing yeah, it's yeah, hard. It a lot. Sometimes the more you know. I remember the first time I took a sound class in college, I couldn't like I went to movies and theaters in the next three months. I couldn't watch any of the movies because I was so obsessed with listening to the change mm. in room tone every time I change. And I'm like, this is awful. I've been ruined. <laughs> so the the more you know is pro- it, it does break yeah. the illusion a little bit. But uh, anyway, do we have more news? Uh, yeah, we do actually. Uh, have a couple of. Here's a smaller one, and then we'll get to the bigger ones. Uh, the complete second season of Star Wars: The Freemaker Adventures gets a home release yeah. on March 13th. Wait, what? I do not watch that. Do you know, do you know what that show it's is? It's a fun no. show. So it's a Lego cartoon. It's oh. like non-canonical. It's a Lego cartoon in the Star Wars universe. Fun. Um, here I'll even read the official synopsis. In season two of Lego Star Wars: The Freemaker <laughs> Adventures. The free, the three Freemaker siblings uh, have found a new home with the Rebel fleet. Uh, and go on and so forth. Uh, it's it's like a it's a kids cartoon. It runs Disney on XD, right? Yeah, Disney XD, mm-hmm. right? I think yeah. so. Yep. Um, but yeah, it's 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 whatever. I, I just in case there's fans or somebody it's, out it's there a yeah. show. who likes Freemaker Adventures. You know the yeah. Batman Lego movie was Batman, but yeah, yeah Lego humor is great. Kind of thing. It's, it's yeah. fun. Uh, and I should mention, <laughs> it is dangerous to mention in front of Alex, but. Uh, to any pin Uh-oh. collectors out there, it actually the DVD comes with an exclusive <laughs> Lego Darth Vader pin. Right. <laughs> Target.com. Hey, you can always 
you can always buy it and then take the pin out and then sell the DVD. Oh, Free there you go. Order. You be that guy. <laughs> you have to type that in. I just type in my uh, card information. Uh, that's funny. No, that's, um, that's, those, that's a fun cartoon series. I know I know some, some of our friends who, uh, whose kids watch it. And it, they, what's nice is that you watch the show and they build a weird ship. You can go to Toys R Us and buy that ship. Like the Lego brand has oh, ships, cool. you know, that came from that show. Yeah. Mm. Interesting. Uh, Solo, a Star Wars story synopsis confirms we'll see how Han and Chewie met. Um, <gasps> this got released by Brian Young at BigShinyRobot.com. I don't know why it well, came Star from Wars. There, posted but it this is originally. where it came from. Oh, they posted it. Okay, this is this is the Star Wars Newsnet article, but. Uh, I will read the synopsis here. Uh-oh. It's very vague, uh, so don't expect don't expect to know much. It says, "Board the Millennium Falcon and journey to a galaxy far, far away." In Solo, a Star Wars story, an all-new adventure with the most beloved scoundrel in the galaxy, through a series of daring escapades deep within a dark and dangerous criminal underworld, Han Solo meets his mighty future co-pilot Chewbacca and encounters the notorious gambler Lando Calrissian. In a journey that will set the course of one of the Star Wars saga's most unlikely heroes. And that says, Solo Star Wars Story releases U.S. theaters on May 25th. That tells you literally 2018. nothing. They are sticking to that. You know what is all... We're like... Where are the trailers? Oh my god, this is what's so nuts. We're three months away and we haven't seen so, any so one, footage. So like, they had a... Uh, real quick, just to piggyback on that. They had a uh, toy fair over in Europe. And they're like, oh, you know, this could be the first time mm-hmm. we're going to see anything from Solo. And all we see is a box that says Solo. That's all they released. They're not allowed to show uh, anything yet. We're so close, yet we've seen Dude, nothing. are they going to like not show the trailer until we're about to watch the movie or something? <laughs> they just they need to show us something. I, the, I yeah. mean, I suppose. I bet I they know. are. I bet they have people working on this like round the clock trying to meet that date. I hope so. Because it's, it's coming up faster. You know, every day is one day closer. I was just gonna say every time time you close your eyes, it's closer. closer. (laughs) Uh, All right, this last news story just made my week because it was amazing. Oh wow! Uh, Star Wars Rebels returns February (gasps) nineteenth. Oh, there's a final trailer. It's so good. Yeah, and Ian McDermott returns as Palpatine. The trailer is so good. I it would, is. Re- if you don't watch the shows, and I- I'm saying shows because I'm including Clone Wars. If you, because I've talked to a couple fans recently, and they're, they're just they're still there are good. there are to your credit some super deep Clone Wars cuts in this trailer. There are there. Well, that's the thing. I I, I would I would recommend watching Clone Wars first, but like you need to watch these series. And if you don't understand why, watch this trailer. And if the trailer doesn't do it for you, then I don't know why you're watching any Star Wars whatsoever. Uh, it is a phenomenal trailer. I, I just, it, it gave me chills. I loved it. That I last shot, I was like it. so ready. I was like, oh my God. It's dark. It's moody. It's mysterious. Yeah. It's like ominous. It's clearly leading towards something and and it's very exciting. It's like it, I said on, on Twitter, this is the tone I've always wanted from Star Wars. And I'm just, I love Dave Filoni forever for, for, <laughs> for executing on that. Um, yeah. It's perfect in my mind. All right. I'm going to read this th- statement from Lucasfilm before we talk a little bit about the trailer. Uh, it says, 
the beginning of the end starts Monday, February 19th, 9 p.m. <laughs> Eastern, when the critically acclaimed animated series Star Wars Rebels returns to Disney XD with new episodes as the series nears its grand finale. The final episodes will unfold over three weeks with two back-to-back episodes premiering every Monday night oh, on God. Disney XD until its 90-minute conclusion. Oh, my God! On Monday, March 5th at 8.30 p.m. Bring Eastern your Standard tissues. Time. As teased, yes, as teased in the new Star Wars Rebels trailer, Emperor Palpatine makes his series debut, which I, I have a I have a quarrel with that statement. <laughs> makes his series debut in these final episodes, voiced by actor Ian McDermott, who he reprises his iconic role from I the Star it. Wars live action film. So when I first watched the trailer, I didn't realize it was Ian McDermott because it doesn't sound exactly like him. At least I didn't think it did. Uh, but then I, uh, listening to it more, I was like, ah, oh, it kind of does, yeah. Um, but Palpatine's voice has been in the show before. Yes. So I was like, is he really, is this really his, like, debut? Because we hear him talk to Vader in, like, season two or whatever. Nitpicking here. Nitpicking. Yeah, I know. I'm just, I'm being silly. But I am very excited. I love, I love Ian McDermott. Seems like a great guy. I love, the, I, Palpatine is, like, my favorite evil character in all of star wars i freaking love him i'm so excited i'm just excited to have more you know more emperor sheev. content <laughs> more sheev. yeah more sheev up in here so real quick did you guys see dave filoni's post today on facebook so no. as of three hours ago on friday Feb- uh, january 26 and i quote the final sound mix for star wars rebels is complete the music the sound design it's everything i hoped it would be and it's a shot of oh. his hat on a uh, soundboard with a loath cat watching the screen with a box of tissues next to it. And it says oh, credits. And no. that's it. Oh. <laughs> I, I retweeted it from my personal Twitter if people want to go and look. We're oh, so goodness. close. And then he's got a little Lego set on the side, too. What is that? So. Oh, that's a good point. What is it's that? It's the ghost. This isn't. Uh, this is. They they released all of the names of every episode. I don't want to know. And them. I'm reading them here, but uh, I, there is like two. I think they're pretty spoilery. Uh, the the rest season finale is called "Hera Almost but. Dies," right? <laughs> <laughs> the 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 season finale. Uh, it's not a spoiler, honestly. It's called "Farewell." What I want to know is how oh. close uh, what the timeline will be for when that episode ends and. Rogue One begins. Yeah, I want to know. Question, right? I I had a theory, and it was proved wrong. I was talking to a coworker of mine that the the mid season finale was going to be the Battle of Oh, that would have been Scarif. cool. But it but it didn't end up being that. So who knows? I'm wondering too if they're even gonna talk about Scarif. I don't think they are. I think they're gonna keep this very separate. Maybe there'll be a shout out, but I don't think we're gonna go. I, mean, I think we, we yeah. only had that one inkling about the evacuation order by the the Empire, but I don't know if we're gonna get anything yeah. more than that. But and again, even that was very our... vague. Wait. No, that In was our... Jedi. But though, still, that's you know, that's the Rogue One timing, yeah. you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And our um our we keep saying our sorry I can't remember his name, Forrest Whitaker. Yeah, yeah. When does he get all messed up? Yeah, we do, his timeline is still bizarre. Yeah. Uh, but hey Dave, uh, 
Why does when when do his legs get taken? It's just, it's just the one. <laughs> like, yeah, seriously. when does that happen? He took a he yeah. took a really hard fall down uh, a set of stairs. I thought I thought both of his legs are messed up. Was it just one? Yeah, I thought it was I thought two his, claw legs. His right, I thought, he, I thought it was, it was his right claw. leg that's a, a T eight hundred foot, and then the other one is encased in his. Let's take a look. Let's. Nice. Bugullet. <laughs> the it. What's know. his name? Can someone say his name? I called him Forrest Whitaker. What's his name? Uh, well, <laughs> now <laughs> you've taken it I out know. of my head. His I know. It's a disease. Sagarera. Sagarera. Thank you. Yes. Thank you. Okay. <laughs> uh, that's it. That's all yeah. the news I have, unless you had some backup uh, ones, I had Alex. one quick one. I just lost it. Give me a second. It's... it's Hold on, son. Okay, uh, real quick. Um, Allison Shearmer, who was one of the producers for Rogue One and also for uh, Solo, uh, she passed away two days ago. So unfortunately, we lost Aww. another person in the Star Wars family. Oh, well, love Star to her Wars family, family and fans. You're just one with the Force. <clears throat> no. Yes, it's a good way to put it. I'm also looking up Sagrera's figure. Hold on, give me a second. So he has his left foot in a sandal. <laughs> like, his right foot is a robot foot. But his okay. left arm is in like a mitten. Right. A mitten? A mitten? <laughs> that doesn't sound very he's, intimidating. He's kind of a broken man. Oh. There's not yeah. much of the left. <laughs> All, All right. right. Creature? Yes. Uchaba. They were no longer. I thought they smelled bad. On the outside. <laughs> All right. Uh, our creature of the week is the Sarlacc, which uh, is kind of just a big hole in the... <laughs> <laughs> it's not technically. It is like a big monster. Didn't In the special editions, they add more to it, right? It's not just yes. a hole. Originally, it was just a hole with teeth and tentacles, and then they added the fun beak. Yeah, yes. the beak. Uh, the Sarlacc was a dangerous, carnivorous creature, as well as one of Jabba the Hutt's favorite pets that inhabited the great pit of Carcoon in the Dune Sea of Tatooine. It shared common ancestry with other species, including the Rathtar, Blixus, and Vixus. Ooh. All things I have no idea. Blixus, Vixus. Yeah, like Vixus, more creatures. Star Wars Blixus version of the... The real question reindeer. is, is this a sentient... <laughs> I was thinking that too. They don't say. They don't say like, if it's sentient. All we know about them is that they're big holes with teeth, and that they uh, they they slowly digest you over like hundreds of years. Thousands of years. Thousands. Apparently, of years? yes. Apparently, they it says they reach maturity after thirty thousand years. Oh, so yeah. they are old oh, creatures. Oh, here's, here's the C-3PO translating for Jabba the Hutt. In its belly, he will find a new definition <laughs> of pain and suffering. As you slowly digested over a thousand years. I don't know why I did that like the Galaxy I'm, Quest. I'm so like, says the great <laughs> Sarlacc pit. Apparently victims of the Sarlacc were injected with the mobilizing neurotoxins that cause constant pain and, while still conscious, digested for millennia. See, I take issue with that. Like, wouldn't... I mean, people can't live that long, so you they would wouldn't. die after a I little think, while. You would I die after a week of the... horrible pain, basically. Yeah. yeah. What it a just horrible slowly way to feeds go. off of your rotting corpse. Yeah. So it's 100 meters in height, but all that's buried under, sta- under the sand. Yes. And his beak just comes up. 
Yes. Creepy. You know what I want to know, though? Just, just looking at the picture. So if a... Does it create pearls with all the sand that it ingests? Oh. Like, is there, like, a giant ton That's so romantic. Pearl, right? There you go. <sighs> well, and then as the most famous victim of the Sarlacc is Boba Fett. Um, who who got, died in the Sarlacc pit. Just knocked casually into there. Um, which, you know, if anyone complaining about, you know, Phasma, whether or not she's dead, I would argue she went out a much cooler way than Boba Fett ever did. She um, wasn't cut in half either, so she yes. could still be out there. Who was um, cut in half? Oh, uh, okay. I, but I was like, Boba Fett wasn't cut in half. We were talking about Boba Fett, so. I His think everyone, everyone's, well, we know what happened to Darth Maul eventually, but yeah. taking from, you know, the fact that uh, Darth Maul survived, the fact that I think Phasma is still alive, I think Boba Fett could still be alive. I don't think we're going to see him, but he could have escaped from the Sarlacc. You never know. Uh, <laughs> it's the... Uh... The Patton Oswalt bit from from Parks and Rec, oh, yes. like, and then the Mandalorian glove <laughs> of Boba Fett. Yeah, Boba Fett reaches he, out. He improved all that too, by the way. Yeah, it's probably the, the best like fifteen minutes yeah. of TV ever. If anyone doesn't know, it's a uh, th- there's a little bit of the episode, but you can go and see the deleted scene. Patton Oswalt on Parks and Rec uh, does like a filibuster, and he goes on and on about his own Star Wars story, and it's impressive it's amazing the whole crew claps afterwards it's fantastic and I, that I is how we that. will the the come marvel on, universe on. will merge with the star wars universe <laughs> the infinity gauntlet yes <laughs> it's great it's really an impressive display of nerd knowledge which yes. uh Pat is great he's like probably my favorite comedian oh i love him yeah he's great because he's got, super absurd yeah uh, i got to meet him once he's a really nice guy nice Although his uh, last stand-up special gets real dark in the middle. Is that the one where he talks about his wife? Yeah. Oh, yeah. No. It's like super... Yeah. Although he does put jokes in it. Uh, oh, it's, it's good. It is. Which it's actually sad, like though. lighten it because it, he realizes after like three minutes, he's just going on a thing about how dark it is. And then it's just all of a sudden, it's like this weird joke like the the one about the woman in the airport is like oh no your mother like i was yeah. dying uh listening See, to i i would love for him to do a star wars cameo at some point be like you know like a bounty hunter with a star i'm sure he, he would absolutely love that of course wouldn't he it, would wouldn't it be cool like i think it would have been great had he been one of saw guerrera's like henchmen in that one scene where he's just like they do that quick pan over and you see all them looking at you and he's just in the corner like polishing his gun or something see, I, I, give him a line cool. I, I i don't care how, how recognizable he is give let him let him get a line i he deserves love, one i think so too he yeah. deserves to be in the universe but, yeah uh, so that's Have our crawl sarlacc. out of a sarlacc <laughs> <laughs> as boba fett yeah the digestive Man, boba fett got a lot shorter <laughs> well you know <laughs> well, you know, when you're di- digesting over a thousand years. So says the Sarlacc. So says the Sarlacc. Oh my God, what a great cosplay that would be! Like, uh, uh, we we go as, like, we go in weird robes and we have T-shirts about about how the Sarlacc is a god, and then we oh we proselytize god, awesome. in the middle of celebration. We're like, you all shall be digested over a thousand years. So we says put a the circle Sonic. on the floor, and we make people stand in front of it. Oh my goodness! And then we we, we bless them with some of the sand. 
All right, guys. All right, this guys. is the thing. We're doing. Oh my right. God, we're going we off move. here. Celebration 2019. <laughs> Get ready, it, but we'll be there. Oh my goodness, I love this idea. Anyway, that is it for <laughs> this episode of Long Time Ago Radio. If you'd like to reach us, you can go to usstarwarspodcast.com and fill out our contact page, which should be done by the time you listen to this episode. Uh, if you want to email into the show with questions, suggestions, or other things, uh, you can email us at longtimeagoradio at gmail.com. Uh, and then if you want to find me personally on Twitter, you can find me at the Jawa Josh. Where can they find you? You can find me on Twitter at at Rebecca June Lane, and our official Twitter is at LTA underscore radio. You can find me on Instagram, Dapper underscore Fett, long time ago, or sorry, Facebook.com slash long time ago radio. Go check it out, like it, share it, friend it, enjoy it. Friend it. <laughs> <sighs> All right. That's it for the show. May the force be with you. Goodbye, everybody. Bye. Sarlacc.